Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I am Mark Lawrence. Across from me is Ben Reichley, who's got that football out. I don't think I can catch it if I'm at the microphone. No, I'm in the work. tent. I can't throw in the I tent. I promise I'll catch it once or twice this morning. Are you happy now? Yep, yep. Happy. Okay, football so Friday. We'll be checking that out. Yeah, it's actually Financial Friday, but then tonight it becomes Football yes. Friday here. A lot on. of Fs. A lot of Fs on this Friday. Oh, yeah, when people listen to me on the radio, there's a lot of Fs going mm. around, so we'll talk mm. about that uh, later. But uh, welcome aboard, everybody. On the Mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. You can call us 1-800-795-9565. And that is 1-800-795-9565. You are welcome throughout our program today to email us at onthemark at wkok.com. We would uh, very much like to hear from you uh, as our show progresses today. And with that, we welcome to the news line this morning. Good morning, Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, sir. Thanks for checking in today. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Bob. I haven't seen Bob virtually in almost 13 hours. He was one of the leaders that was on the State of the Region activity last evening from the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way, so we can talk more about that later. And we also welcome to the news line this morning, Gene Barr, back on the line. He was on Sunrise about a month and a half ago. He is President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. Uh, he brought to us a month ago the hashtag Why I Wear It campaign, explaining really to everybody and and making sure that folks recognize that mask wearing is one of the linchpins for restarting and helping businesses thrive in Pennsylvania. So we appreciate him checking back in today. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good to be with you. All right. Well, I, I usually, if I know the answer, or if I if I ask a question, I almost always already know the answer. Does anyone know what the new jobless numbers are? Uh, Mark, uh, the uh Bureau of Labor Statistics is reporting 661,000 jobs uh, created, non-farm jobs uh, created in September with a updated unemployment, national unemployment rate of 7.9%. So uh, based on what we were looking for, uh, the jobs, uh, the job creation is a little lower than what we were looking for, but so is the unemployment rate. Uh, as we d- dig deeper into these and love to get uh, Gene's perspective on this, we're probably going to find out uh, that our participation rate wasn't where we wanted it to be uh, during that time. Uh, but, you know, in a, in a normal time, and what's normal about uh, today, this morning, particularly with uh, the breaking news that has given us all shutters with the President of the United States, but in normal times, 661,000 jobs created in a month is, is blockbuster. Um, this will be spun 
as the economy is slowing uh, because as compared to what it would be as compared to last month which was 1.3 million and of course June uh, the largest month over month month to month uh, increase ever in the history of our nation uh, so 661,000 puts us probably uh, this past month somewhere around fourth fastest month-to-month -month, uh, job growth ever, but less than the previous event, but less than August. Uh, so that's the way we're going to hear it spun. Uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. But 661,000 jobs and an unemployment rate of 7.9%. And Gene, your initial reaction to these uh, numbers? Well, look, you know, um, as Bob has noted, these are pretty significant in terms of the numbers we're adding. Pennsylvania, unfortunately, continues to lag where many other states are. Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, historically, this has been true. We're unfortunately, in many cases, not deemed as um, business-friendly as many other states because of our tax structure, labor structure, regulatory structure, et cetera, which is something that we're all going to continue to work on. are going to you know, launch some uh, actually a highly escalated campaign to address. But I think there's something else that I think we all have to look at from a national perspective, and it hits Pennsylvania hard as well, which is um, I, I talk to business every day, as does Bob, and what I hear from virtually every business I talk to is the number of job openings they have that they cannot fill. Uh, and that's related to a few things. It's related to, you know, admittedly some people who uh, might be sensitive, who can't come back to work, or who can't go back to a job. But it's also related to the fact that we're giving $300 extra on unemployment comp, and no one wants to deny people the ability to put food on the table. But what we've done is, particularly when that number was at 600 it has created an incredible disincentive for, because so many people are actually making more money unemployed than employed. And going back to the spring, which we've talked about before, the governor actually said that's okay. He basically said uh, you have to find a way of paying them more. Well, that's just not fair. And, in fact, as his own Department of L&I has said, that's really fraud when you're getting more money unemployed and refuse to come back. So I think there's a whole lot of things that get wrapped up in this. But just it's incredible when I talk to people, a uh, person with 800 um, jobs in Lancaster, 10% he can't fill. One of my board members said that, she has more job openings than at any point in the history of the company since she's owned it. Um, it's just absolutely incredible when you look at the, the uh, you know, job openings and our, inabil in our inability to fill those, which means um, that we're not getting the kind of recovery we want. Uh, Gene, this is Ben Reichley. Uh, certainly appreciate you being on. Uh, when you, your, your last statement there, we're not getting the type of recovery we want, um, you know, the legislative agenda for the chamber, you know, workforce development, career readiness, you know, responsible state spending and smart government, improved business tax structure, you know, th those are those are basic things, you, you know, the chamber fights for every year. This is a little bit of a different year. Where does the lack of, what would we say, consistent communication openness from the governor's office play into the role of the business people because I hear from legislators frustration, I hear from business owners frustration, I hear from business owners that are uh, uh, very susceptible to the disease saying, listen, I'm not going to put my patrons, myself, anybody in harm's way, however, we have to run businesses. And your point about job openings, so in a way we have a false 
positive here on these unemployment numbers, meaning that there's more job openings than people can fill, but due to government, we're not allowed to fill them? Well, it's a couple things. Um, People are discouraged from going back because they're making more money. When you take their unemployment rate, which typically runs about 50 to 60% of what you're making employed, but then you add $300 on top of that, which if you think about that is about $7.50 an hour on top, um, which which inhibits. I mean, there's a couple of other things going on. The, the um, inability of child care facilities to reopen because they can't get their people back in. Um, they're concerned about, and then to be blunt, they're, they're, they're concerned about the liability that they're incurring by opening. Exactly. 72 statewide associations have sent letters to the governor and the legislature saying, along with 80 chambers, including Bob's, saying, we need temporary targeted safe harbor, that is liability protections. If we do the right thing, we shouldn't have to worry about getting sued. And that's something that is absolutely needed. The governor could have done that by executive order, as many, many other states have done, and he's chosen not to. And so that's obviously critically one of them. Um, but we're seeing that. We're seeing, you know, the, the inability for people to reopen. As you note, uh, we're getting conflicting signals. Uh, we are walking a fine line here. Look, we're, we're trying to manage exposures, but we're also trying to get our economy reopened. And we know that there are costs, in addition to economic costs, not getting the economy reopened. We know that it has uh, allied mental issues. We know that suicides go up in times like this. We know that drug and alcohol addictions and deaths from that go up. Uh, We know that domestic abuse situations go up. So we're walking a really fine line here. And, uh, you know, bottom line is what we've asked this administration to do is, what you kind of hinted at, trust business. No business person wants to get sick. No business person wants their employees sick. And no business person wants their customers sick. Um, they need protections. They're willing to do whatever they do. But we're asking, let business use common sense, use the regulations, use the guidelines that we see from CDC and other related organizations, and let us figure out how to do it. These strictures that say, oh, restaurants, you're held to 25% or you're held to whatever percent. Let us figure out how to do it to maintain those standards so that we can begin to get this economy back to where it needs to be because we've got a shortfall of about $5 billion here in the state budget, which means the programs that people need and rely on, we're certainly not going to be able to have because we're not going to be able to raise taxes to that level. The taxes come from, in many cases, business operations, personal income taxes, etc. Those fund state government, and without getting this economy back, we're not going to have those dollars to do that. This would be a perfect time for uh, Bob to weave into our conversation the state jobless numbers. Uh, We're glad to say that uh, Montour County, I heard him say last night, that uh, second to uh, the lowest jobless rate in the state, uh, next only to Center County. And uh, so that certainly is good news. Bob, what are the latest numbers that we have on the regional joblessness? Yeah, thanks, Mark. I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of folks say, "Oh, that's that's great." I'm I'm glad to hear what's happening happening at the national level. But what's happening here in the back, our backyard in the Greater Susquehanna Valley? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, as you point out, uh, Montour and Center County keep trading off for the lowest unemployment rate uh, in the state. Uh, uh, Montour currently is at six point two percent. 
so pretty significantly below the national rate. Now, of course, keep in mind that our local numbers are actually reported a month later than our federal numbers. You know, it takes a mathematician who understands math different than me to understand how that happens. But anyhow, uh, the um, uh, Montour's at 6.2%. One of the things I was talking about last night with uh, United Way was our counties here in the greater Susquehanna Valley, and in fact the counties up and down the Susquehanna River, particularly to the west of the Susquehanna River, are some of the, the counties in the best situation uh, statewide. Uh, for example, uh, Union County uh, is down 34% month over month. So this is from one month earlier, and they're at 6.9%. Uh, uh, Snyder County is down 29% to 7% unemployment. Northumberland, which is always the county that we are trying, working the hardest on getting folks uh, back into the workforce, making sure that the skills gap is closed, uh, came down 22%, and they're down to 10.5%. Uh, um, and they are among the lowest, uh, certainly Montour, uh, Union Snyder, among the lowest unemployment counties uh, in the state. Uh, by the way, uh, super sectors, uh, you know, we like to talk about our <clears throat> different sectors of the economy. <clears throat> the financial service sector in Pennsylvania looks like it is now rebounded uh, and is actually has more jobs than it had pre-COVID. Uh, the other sectors are uh, catching up. Uh, the trade uh, technology and utility sector, and I'm, you know, as you know, uh, right outside my window is the massive Panda Hummel uh, steam generation uh, plant, uh, natural gas uh, plant. Uh, so that's one we watch very closely, but our trades are up. Uh, they actually were the fastest growing sector uh, in Pennsylvania with 19,600 jobs added uh, in August. Uh, the leisure and hospitality sector, the one that was most hit, hit the hardest, uh, a, a loss of uh, 163,000 jobs uh, thanks to the COVID shutdowns, uh, is still lagging, uh, but they're gaining nicely. Uh, what we were looking for is uh, typically uh, with the September jobs report, you see a massive uh, shutdown of the hospitality sector with the summer ending. Uh, this year, there was never no. There was uh, a much smaller uh, gain in that sector for the summer, uh, so the slowdown isn't quite as bad. Um, you know, uh, Gene was talking a moment ago about uh, Safe Harbor and uh, and you know let let the innovators, let the the private businesses, let the people that that have built these businesses literally from the ground innovate and do what's safe. Uh, but give them a little cover, give them some, some help with uh, liabilities, et cetera, particularly the, the sector that would be, uh, would turn around almost overnight would be the leisure and hospitality sector where, you know, they have to feel beat up at this point because it seems like nothing they do satisfies uh, some of the folks in state government, and, uh, and we really could use some help that, in that regard. Well, Bob, I'd say some of the folks, it's <laughs> some of the folks in the governor's office, it seems to be. But, uh, Gene, if if I could throw out two uh, bits of information uh, and get your your uh, your views on, uh, one, bringing back Pennsylvania, which is the liability protection, but the other is the chamber is taking a position for the governor to hold off on the overtime rule. If you could elaborate on both those, be appreciated. Sure. Let me touch the overtime rule first because it unfortunately is beginning to move forward. We're hoping to come to some, some terms with that. 
it it would at a time of you know as Bob noted with so many small businesses struggling, this is a measure that's particularly punitive for small businesses. It would force their labor costs up by raising the uh, threshold for uh, for overtime. You know when you'd have to pay somebody who works a few hours over. It's going to result in in many cases people reducing hours. It's going to result in people reducing employment uh, opportunities. But the bottom line is. Bob noted with uh, because this is largely a small business uh, uh, issue. When you look at the ones that have been particularly hard hit, the, you know the restaurants, lodging, etc. It's going to have our concern is a really horrible impact. It would make us, I believe, the highest in the country. It's what President Obama tried to do, and President Trump, when he came in, rolled that back. We had a recent increase that was able to largely able to be absorbed this one would the worst of this would come in in roughly a year from now but that regulation is moving through and looking to be posted let me turn back to the bringing pa back and uh it's something that we've been thinking a lot about um and it's it's meant to augment what people like bob and i and our chambers have been doing for a long time which is as we noted at the outset of the program talk about the things that have to be addressed for this commonwealth one, we've got tremendous resources and strengths. We've got some of the best educational institutions in the world. We're located close to markets. We have uh, an ener- uh, energetic workforce. We've got all kinds of positives here. We've got the great natural gas resource. We're number two natural gas producer in the U.S. We should be doing better than what we are today. So our goal is, and we've talked about the agenda that we've had, we're going to go out and we're going to put additional resources to communicating to the people of Pennsylvania and asking them and noting for them, we want to create a commonwealth where your kids don't have to go to Georgia and North Carolina and Texas and Colorado for employment opportunities. We have to do better. And I think a lot of that is doing is a direct outreach, supplemented, as I mentioned, by additional resources, but also showing how we compare kind of put a virtual dashboard up that says this is how we compare to other states and be able to track our progress or lack thereof because even though we take a you know one step forward in certain cases other states are taking two steps forward we continue to lag behind our gdp continues to to trail uh, other critical competitor states and we have got to do better as you noted at the outset we have got yes we have to focus on workforce to make sure we develop that We have to work on equality of opportunity for all Pennsylvanians. But we have to take certain crucial key policy steps that are going to improve the climate in in this commonwealth. We can't continue to have the second largest corporate net income tax rate in the United States. We can't continue to have be tied with New Hampshire for the worst tax treatment of business operating losses. We can't continue to be a place that's noted as having an adverse liability impact. The... uh, Liability issues we're talking about here temporarily, but long-term, we're noted as one of the most adverse states. The trial lawyers have got their hooks into this state in an incredible way. You see it, all the billboard lawyers that advertise. That has to change. Our regulatory climate, you can go to many other states and get a permit to operate a business a heck of a lot quicker than you can in Pennsylvania. Delay is money. All these things have to be brought to the attention of the citizens of Pennsylvania, Otherwise, we're going to continue to see a drain of our most precious resource, that is our young people. 
All right, we're going to take a break. Gene, please stay on the line. We'll keep you till the end of the show. With your permission, of course, I, I want to get a redefinition of hashtag why I wear it, and Bob's going to recap some of the activities and initiatives uh, of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. So, men, please uh, stand by. We'll take a quickie, very quick, one-minute <laughs> break. Are you okay, buddy? I'm fine. We'll be right back. When it comes to car <laughs> buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subray Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones, Dick Girardi on college basketball in the Preakness today, 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. We're doing Financial Friday, talking about the new jobless numbers out. In case you didn't hear it at the top of the hour, uh, joblessness 7.9% right now in the U.S., so that's down a little bit. Uh, 661,000 jobs created. Normally, that would be a blockbuster report, but as uh, Bob Garrett of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce uh, told us, since we're in the middle of a recovery here from the pandemic, certainly is spectacular, but believe it or don't, not quite as many jobs created oh. as as some of the smart folks were thinking. I, I think both Bob and Gene have hit on it. I mean, we hamstring ourselves, particularly in Pennsylvania. We hamstring ourselves through through the liability factors that uh, Gene's hit on, through uh, regulatory. And the frustrating part is, uh, Gene, I talked to a number of people from California, which <laughs> you want to talk about regulatory, they get involved in, guys from Texas, uh, some ladies from Florida. When they're looking to expand their businesses, uh, unfortunately, you, know, you mentioned uh, you know I mentioned the Northeast, and you know they consider Virginia the Northeast because that's one of the uh, business-friendly climates. They consider North Carolina, of course, in the East, but friendly enough that they can service New England. So uh, you know the frustration with some of these numbers locally, and Bob, you can comment, and Gene certainly is. If Pennsylvania unleashes the horsepower. Uh, and the entrepreneurship, the the business wits of the ladies and men of Pennsylvania, we could move forward. And the frustrating part is our political climate is, is just, I want to say, it, it's near the bottom consistently, not only year after year. Gene, you've been down in Harrisburg a long time. Bob, you've, you've been down there, too. It's decade after decade. And, and what what makes that change? What's going to make that change politically? Because the Republicans have, have been in charge. Democrats can look back and say, hey, you guys didn't make this any business friendly. But then you look at the Rendell administration and the regulatory climate didn't improve there. So, Gene, what should we do? Well, look, part of the problem is we've touched a little bit on it. One of them is the fact that we've got this this trial bar issue that has the hooks into many people on the Republican side and which were um, stopped in many cases from improving 
our business climate from from that liability perspective. The second one, to be blunt, is the strength of government unions in this Commonwealth. Uh, when you look at the State Education Association, you look at SEIU, um, they continue to hamstring and keep in mind that the, this Commonwealth has been hurt by the incredibly generous pensions. And look, I love people to get pensions, but the problem is that um, it is <clears throat> taking significant amounts of dollars out of here. We did a retroactive penivit retroactive benefit increase for pensions about 20 years ago that just decimated Pennsylvania's finances. And so those are just a couple of them, but you're absolutely right. We should be doing better. With the access we have to affordable energy, we should be a beacon for manufacturing and other types of operations here in this Commonwealth with the educational institutions we have, with our proximity to markets, with the infrastructure we have. Granted, it needs more work, but um, we have got to have those changes made that will make Pennsylvania more competitive from the from the basis of the things that we've talked about. All right, uh, we're going to have to, Bob, hold your answer to that uh, question, what do we need to do, and uh, your list of many activities and events and discussions at the Chamber. Hold that thought for the moment. Uh, Gene, we're going to ask for the last word here. We have a moment left. We didn't discuss specifically hashtag why I wear it. You alluded to it at the beginning of the show, but uh, recap that briefly now. Absolutely, and I'll go through quickly because it looks like you're running out of time. The reason we did it is this. One, we believe it's a good idea because the people in charge of CDC tell us that we need to do it. But there's another crucial aspect of it. Bob's members and my members, in many cases, their licenses to operate are on the line. This administration has said exactly. to charge business with enforcing it, and therefore if business doesn't make sure that that happens, they're licensed to operate their ability to generate income, their ability to employ people is threatened and endangered. So it's the reason why we joined with the Pennsylvania Medical Society and the Hospital Association to tell people, when you come into these stores, please wear your mask. Please don't literally, verbally or physically attack the associates, which has happened. We have to do this for the sake of our economy and the sake of our health. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the information and your help mm -hmm. and uh, for your second appearance on WKOK in recent months. We were very glad for that. Hashtag why I wear it. Uh, please go to the State Chamber's website uh, and uh, check out Bringing Back PA. Explore their, their solutions, common sense solutions that relate to this liability issue that's going to be popping up. Thank you so much, Gene. Yep. Thank Gene, you for thanks for your in. time. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. I do appreciate that. Bob, uh, take us up towards the top of the hour. Uh, start to mention some of the activities, and we'll have you back on the, after the top of the hour for about five minutes on the show. Okay. Thanks, uh, Mark. Big thing today I want to mention to everybody is uh, our Governmental Affairs Committee is hosting... Still there, Bob? They were hosting. Oh, we lost Bob. Okay. All I right. Well, hopefully uh, he will call back, and then we'll get that uh, recap at the top of the hour. I believe they are hosting a discussion mm -hmm. for the Pennsylvania State Senate, Senate race, 27th the 27th district. district. Uh, yeah, going to be a big argument. Being, uh, I think it's a discussion, Mark. <laughs> I, I know uh, you folks want to argue all the time, but let's have a discussion. Then it can break down into an argument if need be. But uh, they're going to be hosting that. I believe that's 12 o'clock. I mm -hmm. don't have the details of the details, but uh, uh, there'll be the Democrat candidate and there'll be the incumbent, John Gordner. And Bob will, will call back and give us the details of our, our new technology uh, of having uh, people, multiple people on the phone. We just sort of 
skipped a beat here a little bit. Uh, interesting, st- uh, Gene Barr, uh, very, very, very well-respected uh, Harrisburg, uh, let's say, uh, Stalwart has been there years, has been named to uh, 17 most influential people in Pennsylvania politics, also got lobbyist of the year in 2017. So uh, uh, to have him on and to get his information is great. But what he talked about, we, we hamstring ourselves here in Pennsylvania. All right, we've got a business-unfriendly uh, environment on many, many, many levels. So we can talk more about that. Bob Garrett of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce will be back on at uh, 9.06. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben Reikley, directly across from me and politically opposed to me in every way. But uh, we're going <laughs> to really? discuss all this uh, today. You're an American, right? Yipper. Okay, on, yeah, on we're the both other. an American. We both like football Friday, so yeah, that's okay. You, you do a nice I. job catching that ball. Thank you. Uh, oh, I, Eye-hand coordination. I, I was, Beautiful. I was the, uh, a intercept cornerback in uh, 1968. You're the shutdown type of guy. So, right? uh, let's see. All right. So that is, uh, we'll talk a little bit about football a little bit later on. On the other side of the glass is uh, Mr. Rob Center, our fabulous producer. And on the news line, we're wrapping up our Financial Friday conversation with uh, uh, Mr. Bob Garrett. Bob, uh, uh, you were trying to tell us uh, that the chamber's <laughs> making things happen. So please tell right, us about right. that. Right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark. I, I felt like uh, I, I had moved into to a different media with, uh, you know, I remember back in the day in, on television, they would have some big event would happen, and then they'd go to a commercial break. Well, I was about to say something really exciting is happening today, and at that moment, I think I got cut off. So, <laughs> we uh, so now here I'm back. But, hey, let me uh, just tell everybody, you're all invited. Uh, it is a virtual event uh, today at 12 noon. We're going to be having a candidates forum uh, moderated by none other than Joe McGranahan who is uh, oftentimes in uh, Ben's seat across the, uh, across the, uh, on the other side of the bubble uh, there in the studio. But uh, Joe, uh, Joe McGranahan, mayor of Shemokin Dam, will be our moderator for a forum between um, Senator John Gordner and his opponent, Michelle Siegel. That's at 12 noon. Uh, we'll have it live streaming at gsvcc.org. You can also watch it on Facebook. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, just go to our website, which is also gsbcc.org, um, or you can watch it at the Daily Item. They're going to actually be live streaming it on their Facebook or their uh, YouTube account uh, as well. Uh, and that'll be your one opportunity in this area uh, to see those two candidates sort of go head-to-head, if you will. I don't think it'll be a, a replay of the debate earlier this week. I think it'll be highly substantive, and, and Joe is a is a gifted and crafted um, 
a moderator, so I'm sure that will go very well. Uh, next week, uh, a couple big events, our 15th annual Women's Leadership Symposium. Yes, you can still attend. It's also virtual, um, and uh, we're looking for uh, women and men uh, to participate in this leadership symposium. want to let you know, that, uh, Mark and Ben, that we do have a scholarship for students, whether they be students uh, at the, at the uh, secondary level or at the post-secondary level, uh, or just students of life. Uh, we have plenty of scholarships. We'd like as many women, and if a few men come, that's okay, too, uh, to participate <laughs> oh, in the Women's Leadership Symposium. Then <laughs> the next day, on Wednesday the 7th, is our annual agriculture event. We're going to have uh, Secretary Russ Redding uh, live streaming from his farm, I believe near Gettysburg, uh, for that event uh, on the 7th. Uh, and then, uh, then we wrap up uh, the week. Uh, a week from today, on October 9th, we'll be having our transportation committee meeting. Joe McGranahan chairs that committee, and it's uh, it, if you're interested in uh, up to the minute uh, update on the throughway or upcoming detours, what's going on on Eighth Avenue and Schmokin Dam, all those things are discussed. And then I'm just going to finish it up uh, by pointing out two other major events this month. Uh, one is what we're calling Crushing COVID, Champions of the Valley. Uh, that'll be on the 16th, hosted by our governmental, um, governmental Affairs Committee. And the whole idea there is we're going to have different companies, different individuals talking about what they have done to pivot, to do what, what Gene Barr was talking about. You know, these are the innovators. These are the people that know how uh, to make things work. And they're going to be talking about uh, everyone from National Beef to the Geisinger um, to a, uh, small businesses, what they've done to protect their employees, their customers, et cetera, uh, to stop the spread of this dreaded virus, but at the same time to prosper uh, during that time. And then one last event I want to mention is on October 20th is the fourth annual Anthracite Economic Summit. Uh, this is the fourth one of these. Uh, it's a summit that has really helped to move the uh, lower anthracite, the coal region, if you will, uh, economic uh, picture to really brighten up the picture down there. Uh, think along the lines of the uh, uh, the anthracite outdoor activity area uh, and some of the other things that are happening, uh, some of the big events that are happening now in Shemokin, uh, the, the breweries, the wineries, all those kind of things. Those all come out of this anthracite summit or the ideas uh, for them coming out of that. And that's also a virtual convening. Again, all of these events you can register for at gsvcc.org. Well, thank you so much for your help yep. and uh, really making sure that uh, we knew what to talk to Gene Barr about and, and assisting with that and all that you're doing. Thanks for your remarks last night. We thank Ben Reichley gets producer credits for setting up the Gene Barr interview. I guess he ran into him somewhere and set that up, so we appreciate that. Bob, we're looking forward to next month and a great guest and a great opportunity. Sounds like you got an action-packed month, so we'll get have to get a quick recap on that. Yeah. So and we Bob, appreciate that. Bob, the biggest thing happening in the anthracite right now is southern columbia football <laughs> that's big 
That's big. Uh, you know, we love Friday nights in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Well, Thursday so. night last uh, night was big in Elysburg, but Bob, uh, um, you know, Chamber, uh, you know, Chamber really is uh, has the pulse of the business activity in the area, and uh, much appreciated of your time you spend on that, and and also too, people realize you know the COVID has affected the Chamber in a lot of ways, but uh, you guys have certainly got five pounds out of a three pound bag so far this year. <laughs> okay, thank you, Ben. And, and if I could just one parting uh, comment, sure. you know, in all those comments that Gene made, what he's talking about is business fundamentals. Yes. And if I can leave a thought, everybody, is business is organic. And if you take uh, the nutrients out of business, uh, if you do not, if government does not support business, business cannot thrive. It can, we cannot have prosperity. So it's very important, the things that Gene was talking about. And thank you for having both of us on. Yeah, well said. Well said, too. Yep, we'll talk again. Thank you so much, Bob. Appreciate it. Be well. Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. As he mentioned, go to gsvcc.org. You can link to the United Way's function last night. He was one of the key guests on a panel discussion there. And uh, then you can also link to today's uh, midday forum uh, with the uh, opportunity to hear all about the election uh, coming up. And uh, Michelle Siegel and Senator Gordon are going to be participating in that uh, discussion. Well, we are so glad to say that uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to somebody who is now known nationally, Leonard Steinhorn, a CBS News political analyst, professor of communication and history at American University. He's an author, and uh, not everybody looks at it, but I've seen Pundit Wire a couple of times, and it is a great uh, place to go if uh, you're looking for informed views on both sides of important issues. And he's on the news line with us now, so thank you for calling in, Leonard. Very much appreciated. Hey, happy to be here. I do appreciate that. Okay, well, we had, uh, I call it personally, earth-shattering news overnight. Give us some sort of a sense of uh, the buzz this morning and the implications for President Trump with COVID-19. Well, first, you everybody hopes that everybody is healthy and is able to get through this. Uh, has a mild case uh, and uh, uh, there's nothing serious among any of the people who do have it. Um, that's the bottom line here. But it also tells us something very powerful, that the most powerful man on this planet does not have the power to defend himself against coronavirus, especially especially if he flouts the protocols and flouts the medical advice that is designed to keep people safe. Um, and so there's a real sense of, of course, we want everybody to be healthy. Um, we don't want this to be a serious case. But there's a real feeling uh, of, oh, oh my, um, this is somebody who is dismissive of masks, who politicized masks. In the White House, um, you were almost shunned or mocked if you wore a mask. At the debate, the president said, sort of almost cavalierly that it's okay to hold rallies and and meetings with people and his team walked in to the uh venue of violating the rules of the venue not wearing masks um and so there's a real sense that you of course you want everybody to be healthy but there's some there has to be a reckoning over the fact that health and medicine and these protocols have been politicized 
and look at what's happened. The president, in some ways, sad to say, could be a super spreader because it's not only in the White House, it's not only in his campaign staff, it's not only with the military people who traveled with him, um, but it's also the many people who in good faith believed him and came to events uh, and you know, or to fundraisers, which he had this week, even after knowing that Hope Hicks wasn't well. Um, and then the ripple effect is, you know, you have this almost shout fest at a debate um, with eight to ten feet apart from the two presidential candidates, both of whom are septuagenarians. What happens if Joe Biden gets this? Uh, we don't know any more information on Joe Biden's health. We assume he has been tested regularly. We assume that. But what happens if that's the case? Um, so it throws... A, our government into chaos, um, B, the campaign into chaos, and C, all of secondary effects. The markets right now are feeling the chaos and the worry, too, and people expect a big sell-off uh, out of concern for what's happening. So, yes, there's concern. You want the president to regain his health and not to have a serious case and to be good. But there's a real reckoning and sort of sense of, you know, you should have taken responsibility on this thing much earlier and should not have politicized it. When Boris Johnson got COVID-19, there was a afterward, uh, people tell us that he was really held in more endearment, in part because of his humanity. Would it help President Trump to humanize him? You know, he, er, everything he does is quintessential and superlative, but, uh, he, but, but yet he appeals to the common man. Do you think this could further endear him with uh, his base? Well... I, I thought about that, um, and uh, that, I think that's an interesting question, um, because I do think there will be a great deal of sympathy for him, and everyone wants him and his team to do well. Um, but on the other hand, um, he has so intensely violated the norms on this disease, dismissed the medical science for months. This happened to Boris Johnson fairly early during the pandemic, when we knew a lot less than what we know now. Um, and because we know so much now, to be dismissive, uh, to almost make fun of people who were wearing masks, to tell reporters at you know events that they should take off their masks when they ask questions, um, you know, to to demonize people who really want to be much more uh, sort of in terms of following the protocols. Um, how do you t put that into the hopper here uh, when people view the president? Um, because you talk about the common people, but it's the common people at his rallies now who have been exposed. Um, and so when you say that, yes, the common people, he reaches out to them by not showing the level of concern about how this could spread to people's families and communities, um, you know, what does that say? Is your, you know, the common person touch rhetorical or is it in practice? So I think, yes, it could evoke certain amount of sympathy and it could humanize him, as you say. But on the other hand, the record he has of just not caring about this or of flouting the medical science and making fun of it and sort of marginalizing people who really do follow these protocols um, may be a sort of a mitigating factor 
uh, against the sympathy that people may feel for the president right now. Well, Leonard, I, Ben Reichley here. I, I, I got to, you know, accept the fact. Talking to people in Washington over the last couple of days, you, you seem to have the president and his whole team and everybody already testing positive. Understanding folks who've been in the White House that multiple tests go on at multiple times during the day. So right now, we know the president and his wife have uh, tested positive. Uh, we know that Hope Hicks was probably potentially the carrier. But w- when you make statements that the president has dismissed this, uh, you know that, that, that's interesting in the fact that he has talked about people wearing masks if they choose to. He's talked about the protocol. He's put a task force together to fight this. They've put a group together and uh, have the uh, vaccine on fast track. And, you know, when you say dismissive of this, uh, you know, I, I would say the president and his administration has stepped up and has, have done the best with the information at the time to combat this virus. Uh, you know, when, when you keep using the word dismissive and his team, you know, right now it's a little early to talk about his team. There's a couple folks, his wife and Hope Hicks, who have this. Other people are being tested. And remember, uh, Governor DeWine out of Ohio tested positive and then the next day p- tested negative. Yeah, look, uh, we don't know a lot of information, and I'm not suggesting that everybody in the White House has it. I mean, but Mark Meadows traveled with the president uh, and then accompanied uh, sort of the Supreme Court Justice nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, to Capitol Hill, where they met with uh, senators and met with a lot of people. Um, the point is, is that you don't know when you get infected because you often don't get the symptoms quite yet, and already you are uh, in, in infectious and contagious there. Um, and. Uh, what I mean by dismissive is I, I actually think what he's done with Operation Warp Speed um, uh, has been exceptionally good. Um, I think that was a very important and good response on his part and on his administration's part. And it's sort of a Manhattan project for a vaccine. I, I, we can't rush it. Again, we have to respect the medical science. But I think by putting that money in and encouraging uh, companies to deal with it, that was a fully appropriate response um, uh, on the part of his administration. But even at the debate, when he was when he was asked about the rallies, um, and he he has basically uh, said, "Well, it's it's not a problem, you know, it's not a problem, uh, you know, it's outside." Um, and he has said at times that, "Oh, really? Only old people, uh, you know, really get sick or die from this." Um, and so I think if you go and look over his, the record of his statements, um, he has politicized this in a way that it didn't need to be politicized. And I do think that that is going to uh, sort of drive part of the discussion about uh, this whole unfortunate situation. So, um, y- yeah, look, I to suggest that his administration hasn't done anything would be absolutely flat out wrong. They have. Um, there's certainly debate as to how much they've done and to what extent, but we can't deny the fact that the president has um, encouraged governors to open up perhaps more uh, uh, rapidly than 
some of the uh, medical experts would recommend on something like this, um, that they have been much more cavalier about mask wearing and suggesting people wearing masks um, than, than others have been. And uh, I think if you, it's hard to debate that, but yes, the president has done plenty of things on this, um, but at the same time, uh, his attitude has been more to politicize it or in some ways to diminish its extent and scope and power um, than medical science would have preferred. So um, this isn't to say that his administration hasn't done anything, but there has been a more dismissive attitude even about things such as wearing a mask from the White House. He has made fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is that it's not necessarily only about oneself. It's about the people you come in contact with and the people that you put at risk. And even if everybody you put at risk doesn't come down with this thing, the very fact that you might put people at risk is, is not necessarily responsible because you are the most powerful person in the world who's been tested every day and presumably there are protocols put in place in the White House to prevent the president and the vice president from getting this. And even then, it can happen to you. And that's how serious this pandemic is. Do you have time for one more quick quick question? Sure. Okay. The vice presidential debates are coming up. I can't help but think this is probably convenient timing because the president's on the mend. Okay, so that's good. But terrible timing. You have a president who's ill with a disease, and now the vice president is stepping up to the podium. The optics of that, Leonard? Well, they become even more serious when you, of the vice presidential debate, um, when you think that it is two septuagenarians uh, who are the top of the ticket. Uh, and one of them, we now know, does have uh, COVID. Um, so all of a sudden, the American people will be sort of training their eye on who potentially would have to step in if a situation unfortunate would ever occur. Um, and so I do think this will draw more attention, though at the same time, do you want the vice president in any way, shape, or form in a public environment um, uh, when the president's health could be uh, a bit at risk? But you do not want that to happen either. Um, so I think this will draw more attention to the vice presidential debate, um, but there are now more risks because, you know, what happens if something terrible were to occur, then all of a sudden you want to make sure that the vice president or the vice president nominee are all in good health and not at risk. So, uh, look, the, the timing of, there's no good or bad timing with COVID. It's just a horrible, horrible pandemic that's affecting millions of millions of people worldwide. Millions of people have been infected in the United States, over 200,000 uh, have died four times the American toll in the war in Vietnam, uh, just about. Um, and you hope all good health to the president and his team and that nobody is going to have a serious situation. Um, but I do think this will force a reckoning and, and a sobering about how we have to deal with this as a country and that people just shouldn't think that because they don't have it now, they might never get it because it can even happen to the most powerful person in the world.
Thank you so much for your help and your information and the analysis. You have an open mic here anytime. We'll certainly go through CBS and get back in touch with you again. Thank you so much, Leonard. Yep, Leonard, thanks for your time. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, Leonard Steinhorn, a CBS News political analyst, professor of communication and history at American University, irritator of Ben Reikley. And, well, uh, well-spoken and had his yep. opinions and... Diminish, 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 diminish. Well, and Pundit and Wire, he founded that, is is an objective. I mean, anybody who considers okay. themselves ultra-informed and and uh, ultra-opinionated participates in that discussion. Yeah. I mean, I looked at it yesterday. You, well, get a, you get to look at it for free for a short time, well, and uh, but remember everybody's too, there. If you've tested positive, does that mean you have it? And the doctors who I've talked to says, hold it, there's some steps that happened here. But, uh, you know, int- interesting, uh, the uh, onslaught of expertise, this is almost after a tragedy like a plane crash when they jump and they get people on board to comment on this. So since 4.30 in the morning, I've been hearing these comments on this. And, you know, let it play out. We just, uh, again, heard from somebody who's in the Washington metro area and you know the team and no let this play out and just remember governor dewine in in ohio who tested positive and didn't and remember multiple people are tested multiple times coming in and out of the white house so uh yeah there'll be political fodder over this and uh we we see some some, right. some already here in our emails well we invite folks to respond to what they heard from our correspondent leonard steinhorn uh we invite you to call us we're going to scan news headlines very briefly when we come back and then we'll take another quick break but we'll take a break now news headline then another break to stay on schedule and then we're going to be finding out about uh a, your reaction to Leonard Steinhorn. That is all in your immediate future next on WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we're going to scan some news headlines right now. In Harrisburg, a Republican lawmaker's positive test for COVID-19 Thursday prompted legislative leaders to immediately cancel the day's state house voting session. Associated Press reporting today, human resources workers were deployed to trace his personal contacts and sanitation teams descended on the state house. There is a mini out... Sanitation teams? 
What's that? Sanitation teams? Yeah, what's wrong? Are they going to clean the whole place up? Wow. Not just from COVID, but from. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll be busy. Yeah, let's clean everything. Just getting rid of the corruption alone. Uh, Geisinger Danville has uh, two more patients now, COVID 19, bringing their total of 26 patients on board, with two of whom are on ventilators. Geisinger Shimokin has three more patients, bringing their total to 14. Same number at Evangelical Hospital, six patients, one on a ventilator. Most, M O S T, the majority of those individuals. Uh, emanated from long-term care facilities in our valley. Virtual state of the region last night, education, community, uh, and uh, health care were the main topics of the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way. Joanne Troutman afterwards said it's one thing is very clear. While it's going to be challenging, I think we will come through this crisis better than many areas and regions because we do have such a cohesive leadership and uh, support network. You can link to the state of the region at the WDKOK.com. All right, we're ready to announce the number of COVID-19 cases at Bloomsburg University. Drum roll, please. Zero. The university's mm. taken extensive efforts to mitigate the spread of the disease, enforcing rules, uh, distancing, and masking throughout the community and in the town. And they had hundreds of cases previously this year, but in the past week, a uh, big fat goose egg in Bloomsburg University. So congrats mm. to them. They say the potentiality now exists that they could resume in-person learning if the students stay in full compliance. And finally, his campaign said they would do it and yesterday they did it. President Donald Trump's campaign followed through on a threat to sue Philadelphia, filing papers in court Thursday night over city officials preventing ballot watchers from, poll watchers, from watching people registering to vote or filling out mail-in ballots at the new satellite election offices in Philadelphia. The Trump campaign wants observers there. Philadelphia says no, so the Trump camp went to uh, court to make yeah. sure that they're able to observe what goes on in those offices there. We thank the Associated Press for that story. <laughs> Philadelphia, the cesspool, the cesspool of voting. Ooh. It has been for decades. Yeah, it's a tough situation <laughs> down there. Down there. Uh, we're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, I want to tell you all about the Sunbury Motor Company. we got some callers and emailers and texters standing by. You can join the list of all of those individuals. You'd call 1-800-795-9565. Email on the mark at WKOK.com and text 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We invite you to do what I do. That's go to sunburymotors.com. Look at the Fords. I got a uh, new Escalator picked out for 
Uh, escalator? Escalator. Escalator. Explorer, yes. Thank okay. you. What an escalator. That's funny. Excavator. Coming, da- coming down the golden escalator. Hey, I'm gonna, well, that's your buddy topic. Did. I'm going to get you an escalator. <laughs> oh, boy, never mind. Explorer. Thank you, Explorer. Thank well, you. We'll get you a ranger, too. I'm getting you an excursion, though. That's oh, extra, extra yeah, big. That's big. But I have a good friend coming down from Williamsport. She's bringing two vehicles down to trade for one. Oh, wow. That's so, a good idea. So uh, all the way from Williamsport. Is that even up? Oh, it could be. Okay. Yeah, with the prices you're getting for your used cars now, get over to Sunbury yeah, Motors. crazy. Trade in the used car, get your new, and uh, tell you what, Jeff Clock and the gang over there will take care of you. Well, somebody you, you, you got Lincolns, you got Fords, you got Hyundais, and then over in the Strip, uh, Kia, uh, good guys over there at Kia. Well, Austin, and I have and, my, uh, and, um, you've seen my Ranger, $22,000 is the value on the trade-in. It's holding pretty close to that well, right you now. You might as well Why don't you trade up? Yeah. I'm trade up for that new uh, Ranger. Uh, I think uh, that's it. you. Why not? I already Mark, have my Mark, orders. Mark, give yourself a full <laughs> present before Christmas. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. All right. So do what I did and what Ben and I have done, and that's look at all of the vehicles online, the Fords, Lincolns, Kias, and Hyundais, and their pre-owned inventory. You can select the perfect vehicle, purchase it right from home, and make sure that uh, you join literally the hundreds of thousands of people who have been super served by the Sunbury Motor Company, whether it is buying a new vehicle or the perfect pre-owned vehicle, going to the quick lane, getting yourself pumped up with nitrogen or getting yourself aligned or getting your body fixed. doesn't matter what it is. They can do it at the Sunbury Motor mm-hmm. Company. Go to sunburymotors.com. They would just love to have an extensive chit-chat with you and uh, talk to you about your next vehicle. Mike, thank you so much for being patient and waiting through a, a gazillion words, but you are now on the mark. Hey, thank you. Good morning. Um, the, the first part of your show where you had the, the folks on from the maybe the local chamber and the state chamber, um, you know, that just sounded to me like uh, another attempt for even more corporate welfare in this state. And I'll, I'll, I'll back this up by saying they're a powerful group. They have the KOZ program. They have the Delaware loophole. They get oodles, millions and millions in business grants and loans. They're, uh, they hate regulations. And if you give me a chance, I'll tell you a quick story about that. But we got three minutes. Okay, I find them to be, you know, he brought up the, the, the teachers' pensions. I mean, the teachers paid in as they were doing. It was the local communities and the state who didn't. What I've seen in, in where I live is that corporations are always going to the local taxing boards and asking for their real estate value to be brought down. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sick of that. I mean, I, uh, the, uh, I think that they're anti-union and anti-regulation. I, I, I like regulations because it gives me a chance to say something about something that's being proposed in my neighborhood. I don't want that, that process shortened. And, uh, you know, and I was a businessman. I think I've told you this before on the show. I owned a business. One of the things we always did was plan ahead. We took out insurance and we put money aside for contingencies. We didn't go begging to the state for money to, to bail us out. And Pennsylvania, when I'm looking at the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania side here, it's one of the top corporate welfare states. And uh, people might be leaving the state, but well, probably because well, Mike, they can earn a better living somewhere else. Yeah, well, Mike, if we're one of the top corporate welfare states, then 
uh, were pretty bad because we do not have a good ranking for businesses. And I don't know what type of business you own, be it manufacturing, retail, service. But if you look at Pennsylvania and you look at where it ranks uh, just around the Northeast, it's not very high, let alone within the country. So when you look at the Chamber of Commerce, they're looking at... With corporate welfare? No, no, just business atmosphere, liability factors, taxation. So when you're saying businesses are just looking for handouts out of Harrisburg, they're they're stimulus packages. When you say the Delaware loophole, well, the Delaware loophole has nothing to do with Pennsylvania. Delaware loophole's Delaware. So, you know... Wait, excuse me. State of Pennsylvania could curtail that if if the politicians had the uh, intestinal fortitude you might say <laughs> go ahead and do it but thank you for that version of that and they're not going to allow them to do that and because uh, what uh, governor wolf tried and he got nowhere uh, Thank you so yeah, much, Mike. I, I, I would I would dispute that. And the other part too is Pennsylvania is not overly business friendly. So if they're giving welfare out, corporate welfare, it's not being well spent. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. Really, thank lots, you for the call. Lots of it, and I'd be glad to call again and, and go please, into more detail. Please do. It's yeah, please do. What happens? Yeah, Ben's here every Friday, and he'd yeah. he'd love to hear it. You can also send me an email. Friday, Ben, with some specific examples. All right, we appreciate it, Mike. Thank you so much for checking in. I'm really glad to hear from you. Thanks for calling in today. Uh, we got some emails. Uh, Leonard Steinhorn, of course, uh, a left-leaning professor from American University, says one of our texts. I have listened to him many times on CBS, and believe it or don't, he masks his true feelings uh, when he's on the network. I didn't realize he was such a Democratic hack. Uh, Uh, Another individual says, Hi, Mark. Talk about biased in reporting and commentary. The CBS guy, Leonard Steinhorn, didn't take 30 seconds before he was in the Trump got what he deserved mode. Give me a break. No one wants COVID and no one should gloat like this nitwit did just now on your show. Just saying, says Ron. We appreciate that. One of our texters says, wow, who's politicizing COVID now? The left has been politicizing potential treatments for COVID, and those treatments aren't being used because of that. The left bears much responsibility for the politicizing of the virus. Remember, this is still a free country, and people have a choice. By the tone of Leonard Steinhardt's comments, he's of the opinion that it serves Trump right to have contracted covid that's disgusting. Al, what's your view on our good commentator that called in this morning? Uh, I just did on the last two emails you read. <laughs> I might as well just hang up. Because he could have uh, transferred the word, uh, what do you say, he uh, dismissed. He could have said for dismiss. He could should have said deserve. Um a couple times. I mean, it would have fit right in there. No, dismissive. Okay, yeah. Yeah, dismissive. He could have put the, he deserved that. Yeah, you sort of got the feeling that uh, some of these people I've seen so far all morning are saying well wishes for the health of the president and that. And as I told Mark, it might be they might have their fingers crossed <laughs> below the uh, <laughs> below the uh, Zoom uh, Zoom video uh, screen. But uh, no, I, I, the, the whole whole scenario of this is how political has this virus gotten? And you hear the left saying it's been politicized by the president. Well, holy smokes, we have a governor down there. Uh, Ask businesses how political you know the scenario has been. Let me simplify been. that. Let me simplify that. We got a pandemic and a spandemic. Yes. Uh, 
that a couple of weeks ago we heard that really only around 10,000 people drive directly from the pandemic. All the other numbers are, you know, he had this with along with it. Uh, he was killed in a motorcycle accident, but he, you know, tested positive. So they put it down as a coronavirus. Well, the inconsistencies, uh, too. Not, I mean, and the Tesco are not 100%, and he, you know, uh, they, and for the United States to have as more than anywhere else in the world, that's because of our testing and the way they're cheating on our testing for political purposes. Well, well, the, the scenario, too, I believe, was earlier this week, uh, the governor's office released some information and quoted uh, Governor Wolf, and paraphrasing him, it was, you know, yes, the numbers were arbitrary. The 250 and the 25 percent were arbitrary. Well, even if they are, why would you make that comment? And this goes to the lack of communication the governor's had with folks. And then uh, Dr. Levine was out uh, the other day, and it was hardly anything about medical. It was about political. She was politicizing this. So uh, the, the, the joke is on us with what the governor's done in Harrisburg, and we've let it happen. Look at the Carlisle Car Show, and, you know, and I'm all for eight. Good thing Seals Grove Racetrack did what they did this year. Maybe they have a couple more events, but look at that, and then tell me where the consistency is, and and look at the restaurants. Winners and losers. Yes, that's what he's doing, and he never lost a day's manufacturing in any of his uh, operations. He doesn't own any businesses anymore. No, his yeah, his family yeah. business, whatever. But yeah. hey, good for Seals Grove Racetrack, and everybody should should be able to do that. If, you know, they've operated. Have we heard of Corona spreading through there? Has it been a super spreader? No. But you're telling me restaurants have to close at a certain time and only have so many people and sporting events at the high school and college level, if colleges would be playing, can can only have so many people. When you can have a Carlisle Car Show, because the dirty little secret is they were getting sued and they went and made a deal under the table. Able, and Carlisle got to have their show. All right, thank you so we're much. Gonna pro- we're going to prolong this just by the way they're you know treating it and not letting uh, nature take its course and develop herd immunity. Well, there's something to be said there. All right, thank you so much, Al. Really appreciate the uh, call. Thanks for checking in today. Uh, CBS News reporting that Baron Trump tested negative, and all precautions are being taken to make sure that he's kept uh, safe and healthy well, in, maybe, in the White House. Well, maybe his mother and father did not hug him, Well, okay. which is good. All right. Well, yeah, Eric Trump was campaigning and out Hope west. Hicks, Hope said, Hicks wasn't babysitting. Uh, uh, Eric said the family is uh, very close, but not that close is the translation. He's saying that they're not all over each other, huggy, huggy all the time. You find, so, I, I, I think they're... They seem to be a huggy, clinging type of Well, group, that's huh? his description. I, w- I don't have an opinion <laughs> or a description of the Trump families. Well, let families you. be what families will be. One of our good listeners says it's no wonder that the governor of Ohio had a false positive. I'm going to guess they have a better test at the White House than they do for the governor of Ohio. Yeah, Trump was tested several times overnight in several different manners. So mm-hmm. uh, President Trump got uh, definitive results that he's got the coronavirus. Well, maybe the governor in Ohio had some bad Buckeyes. 
Well, could be. Aren't they all buck? Aren't they all bad? All right, one eight hundred seven. State college, they are. One right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six. I'm going to read one email, but we'll take more comers. We got an open line. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. A reaction, uh, prayers, uh, anything you just to say about the president and Mrs. Trump uh, with COVID nineteen. You can also call in and uh, talk to us about Leonard Steinhardt. It was on the line earlier talking about the president flouting safety regulations and uh, best practices and then contracting coronavirus. So uh, a lot of people talking about that today. Uh, We uh, have uh, some emails here, and uh, we would just love to hear from you. Uh, You can call us, 1-800-795-9565. Email on the market, text 70236. One email says, really, Ben? Face reality with regard to president and his attitude of wearing masks. He was not only dismissive, but he was downright mocking anyone who wore wore masks. He did nothing to encourage wearing a mask. Quite the contrary, he made a mockery of anyone who did. Put your political devotion to this man aside and own up to the fact that he totally dropped the ball when it came to heeding the medical facts and recommendations of the medical community. I'll leave that up, and Ben's going to respond in a couple minutes. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. Uh, you know our uh, political devotion? No. Uh, you know, President Trump chose to run the country the way he thought fit. He brought, got on a Corona task force. The White House, I understand, is, is masked up, and people are getting tested constantly daily, morning, afternoon. So, uh, you know, those that are going to, you know, make political hay out of this, you know, have at it. Have at it. Another good listener says, gee, isn't it ironic that after all the criticism from the president regarding masks, he has now tested positive for the virus. He constantly mocked reporters who wore them, forbade wearing them in the staff of the White House, and even mocked and made fun of Joe Biden at the debate for wearing one. Maybe medical staff were right, Mr. President, that the wearing of masks protects you and people around you. Mr. Know-it-all really knew nothing. These were from the same Miller emailer but here's a, the 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 we talked about the president said wear masks if you choose to wear masks the joe biden comment was when he had it hanging off of his ear oh, he said and that. if you don't think he looked ridiculous he <laughs> did look ridiculous it's the same thing when you drive past somebody in a car and they're the only one in the car and they have a mask on and you think to yourself going well if that person feels comfortable have at it yeah, now do you think you look ridiculous by yourself in a car 
I would say yeah, but see, needles leaning that way. Here's what happened to me yesterday. I go to Sunbury Motor Company. I stop mm-hmm. and I look at my Ranger, okay, and I tell them I'll be in in a couple weeks. Then I go to Moyer Electronics, a block away. So you're saying when I'm in the car alone, going from place to place, I should take off the mask. You choose to do what you want to, but I'm going to say this. On the needle of ridiculous, okay. when somebody's by themselves in a car, All it right. sort of goes towards that side. But okay. if you feel comfortable... Mark, well, it takes me forever to get it adjusted and under my glasses and Mark, to get everything set. if you feel good leaving your house in your robe and your slippers with your mask <laughs> on to go to the drive-thru like yeah, huh? to, to drive and get your coffee in the morning, do it. All right, so we have a uh, football game on the radio tonight. Where are you going? Yeah, I will be up at the game of the week, which is Montoursville and Danville. On up Comcast, right? On, okay. Yep, up, up on uh, Cable Sports Productions. Okay. And uh, you guys got uh, Seals Grove, Jersey Shore. Uh, that's uh, on uh, 107.3. Mm-hmm. You got Shikalimi and Schmokin with the Chief back. Tonight. The Chief back. So, so and then tomorrow night, Green Dragons. Oh, uh, Green Dragons and... Um, playing somebody, boy. But they're playing in Sealands Grove. Yeah, they're playing Midwest at the uh, Herald Elbowlegs Memorial Field. All right, we're so, going to have one more caller today, and that'll be it, Bob. You get a minute. Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh People riding in a car with a mask on, it's required for my job. Whether right. or not you like it or not, you have to wear it. Well, that's fine. So that's pretty much what I have to say. When you see somebody in a car with a mask on, maybe their job requires them to wear it. That's fine. Actually, if you, if you feel nice good about it, if you feel good about wearing it, wear it. <laughs> it's a requirement. Yeah, it's if there's a requirement, feel okay. then feel good about Thank being you, required to Thank wear you. it. So, I mean, there's no problem with that, but I'm going to tell you that when people drive by, they sort of think, oh, okay, that's a little different. Now, if somebody else is in the car with you and you both have masks on, that's fine. Then it's fine. okay. Yeah. Well, who, it just takes me so long masks, to get it adjusted. It. Yeah, if you have to. I well, have to leave it on. I'll get you the new one. This is WKOK on it. Nori National, Groninger Insurance, Sunbury Motor Company, and Chestnut Street Deli. And darn it, I'm not going to take are, it those off. Those are all great places. Time. All great places to go to. Have a great game tonight. Hey, thanks. And uh, folks, have a good weekend. Get out and uh, enjoy the autumn weekend. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News Time. It is now 10 a.m.